Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A very interesting day within the market trade, but some, as our guest says today, different dynamics that we really need to think about, especially when it comes to corn and soybeans. We know corn did hit that pitiful uh, $5 mark. Didn't stay there very long. It's back down and settled at four ninety five on the march. But soybeans, they're hitting that thirteen sixty five. Are we going to go higher? What are we going to see in this marketplace? And soybean meal too. I mean, they are ticking along as well. Lots of things to look at. Lots of factors that we're going to see in this trade as we hit the the first full week of January. And Arlen Suderman is going to be joining us. He is with Stonex. And Arlen, I talked about this before you and I went on the air. It was really a nice day in the beans. You talked about corn hitting five dollars, but there's so many fingers in this pot that could really affect what we see in the next week on these markets. Yeah, I cannot overemphasize enough how much of a factor money flow and computers are here in this market. And we've gone through several years when money flow and computers were shorting this complex and taking prices below what was justified, and they will do the same thing to the upside. And I said that at the time, although that seemed like a fleeting idea at the time, um, that they were doing so. Now, Soybeans at thirteen sixty five. You mentioned. Uh, does that surprise me? A- absolutely not. It doesn't. Um, can they go higher? Yeah. Uh, remember, we talked in previous programs some weeks back about how soybeans rarely, from a historical standpoint, rarely spend much time in the eleven and twelve dollar range. They either turn back lower or they surge right on through into the teens, and that's what we've seen. And I think you can make a good, solid, fundamental argument for soybeans doing what they're doing. They're basically pricing in expectations that USDA will eventually drop ending stocks to about 2.5% of annual usage. And that's where my projections are at 113 million bushels. Will USDA do this in this report coming up next week? I don't know. Um, but the trade's going to have to see some movement in that direction Corn is a much different picture. USDA is currently projecting ending stocks of around 1.7 billion bushels, or about 11.5% stocks-to-use ratio. But $5 corn is pricing in expectations that we're going to see that stocks-to-use ratio drop to around 8.7% or 8.8% stocks-to-use ratio, somewhere in there. That's a big difference. That means that the market is pricing in expectations that we need to ration demand because exports are going up by several hundred million bushels. I know that there's a lot of enthusiasm out there saying that China is going to open the floodgates and do that, and they may, but we don't know that. There is... um, more information coming out of our Shanghai office today, things that the Chinese Communist Party has been publishing here in recent days to indicate that they plan on holding the line on imports. And, and we can talk further about what those reasons are and why they might do that. We think they'll ultimately fail, but not necessarily in 2021. Um, to get exports that high without China You've got to have a crop failure in South America. Again, with La Nina, that may happen, but we won't know that for several months. The corn, the general corn production cycle in South America is so much later than soybeans, 
Yeah, first crop corn uh, producing now in Brazil. Yes, I grant you that. But that's such a small crop. The safrina crop is the big exported crop. That's the big crop that gets planted in February. Um, so it'll be a long time before we know that. The bulk of Argentina's crop has just been planted. So we're not going to know how it performs for several months. So there's still a lot of knowns on the corn. So two different dynamics. Now, if soybeans are trading in, thir in the teens, that obviously does provide support for corn. But if that support ever gives way in soybeans, corn will have trouble standing on its own two feet without that fundamental support down the road. So having said that, what could be the nervous factor, the nervous level for corn then? Well, $5 is a nervous level. Obviously, those five, those dollar increments are pretty significant times when the market kind of reassesses itself. Also, if you look at the uh, the uh, presence of these commodities in the index funds. Index funds are a big portfolio of various assets that the institutional investors and a lot of people's 401ks are invested in, and they have a, a, a set percentage of that portfolio that they're expected to be at. And every year in January, the fifth through the ninth trading day, they rebalance to get back to that percentage. So something that performed very well in 2020, they have to sell off to get back to the desired level. Something that did very poorly in 2020, they need to buy more of it in order to get it up to the desired balance level. So that means something like live cattle will probably see some buying between the 5th and ninth trading day. That starts on Friday of this week. Uh, something like corn and soybeans that have seen huge gains over the past year uh, will probably see some selling off. Does that mean that prices are going to go down? It depends on what else is happening in the market at the same time because this is just one of the factors. But it is one of the factors we have to respect. The other factor being... With the big report on Tuesday, we may want, we may see some funds take some profits just in case USDA has some bearish surprises up their sleeve on Tuesday. Well, we're going to talk more about that when we come back. And it's a pivotal day, as you and I were talking, for this grain complex next week. We'll talk more about that, how wheat is faring, and how's the livestock as they look at all these numbers and prices continue to see some increasing on the grain complex. A lot to look at as the Wednesday Fontenelle Final Bell continues on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation with Arlen Suderman. Again, Arlen is with Stonex, and we left talking about the dynamics and, and the pivotal that we're going to see in next Tuesday's report and why this report in January bringing so much more attention than we've seen in the last couple of months. Well, first of all, the January report is just full of a plethora of data, the biggest of the year. Uh, USDA will be releasing its final 2020 production estimates, at least until it adjusts them again next September. Um, it will have its uh, updated production estimates from South America, which obviously matter a great deal this year uh, with the market that we're in. It will have its quarterly grain stocks survey results 
for the first quarter, which ended on December 1, which could have surprises. When you're looking at the soybean stocks at 3.9% of, of use, any type of surprise in the soybean stocks could be huge. That could be precipitated by um, a, a different crop size than what was anticipated or and or different usage than what was believed to be the case. It will have updated uh, domestic and global balance sheets. It will have the first winter wheat seeding survey results for 2021, and that has implications for the crop mix for 2021. So there's just a plethora of things in this in this report coming out on Tuesday that that always with that much data, you're almost always going to have surprises. It's just which side will those surprises fall on in that? If they're on the bearish side, yeah, it could pull the plug underneath of some of this bullish enthusiasm. But depending on how significant a surprise they are, it doesn't mean that the bull market is over. We could still see weather problems in South America take us to new highs on, on corn and soybeans or one or the other. Uh, but if it's a bullish surprise, especially on soybeans, it could just cause prices to explode higher. Um, so there is so much at stake going into this report on Tuesday. The bulls counting on USDA to at least throw them a bone to support the move that we're on. Um, but yet knowing that uh, USDA can really pull some surprises out of the hat, and we don't know which way they're going to be coming. So the wheat market. It had a really nice kind of rush here last week into the beginning of this week. What are your thoughts on how they're trading, or are they taking a back seat to watching corn and beans? Well, there's a lot of wheat in the world, but for half of it is in China, and we're starting to feed more and more of it to dis because of high corn prices there. So if you look at the major exporter stocks, they're rather snug. They're adequate, but they're snug. So what happens if we have a short crop in the Black Sea because of a dry fall or a short crop in the U.S. Plains because of the dryness we've had that's related to La Nina? Uh, so that's what the market's pricing in right now. That's what is. We know that you can have a lousy fall, a lousy winter, but if you get a good spring, not every time, but many times you can still get a good crop. But what if the dryness continues? So been trading a lot of what-ifs, kind of like corn. We won't know for a while how that's going to play out. As we get into the month of February, we'll start getting a better idea of it. And I think we saw today wheat kind of pulling back because it's that realization. We are seeing some better moisture in the Black Sea region right now. Oklahoma is looking much better. Kansas has seen some improvement. There's still a lot of problems in, in Nebraska and Colorado and Texas and parts of the Dakotas, etc. Um, but wheat realizes it needs to kind of mark some time before it really gets ahead of itself. So how are the livestock faring in all of this? I mean, they're watching their bottom line just as tight, if not tighter. Yeah, and, and the hog market generally goes up with the price of corn because as costs go up, you got to have a higher price of hogs in order to keep the production going, to keep from slowing production too much. Um, but it pulled back today because we saw a technical failure on the charts at $72 in the February contract here in recent days. And so it's kind of a technical sell-off. And we also saw some weakness in the product today. 
feeder cattle also seeing some weakness because these higher corn prices. That's part of the rationing with $5 corn, less interest in buying feeder cattle to put into the feedlot. Part of the rationing process on corn, and of course we haven't really even talked about ethanol demand yet. But the fats did see some support. We are seeing some seasonal strength there in the product market overall, although yesterday the product market took a hit. But overall we're seeing some firm. We're seeing some firmness in the cash market, we think, this week, and that helped the live cattle market along with higher equities. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or follow me over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. All right. The Fontenelle Final Bell, just a reminder that commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, so they're not suitable for all investors. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.